Talk about drama. Oh my God. Just try. Just try it. Once again, another story to tell that I wish it could be a comedy, but it's real life. I wish I wish it'd just be a comedy because guess who was there again, again, on my spot. Again. And now she's doing it on purpose. And she says she's not related to this ex-boyfriend. But I'm basically pissing on him in a way. And I, but the thing is, why would why do us homeless... I tried to reconcile a little bit with talking to her just a little bit, just saying as we're passing, both holding signs. I got a five spot. She didn't notice it. It didn't matter. I had enough. I had enough get my two bottles of wine for the day and she's just sitting there whatever she's doing uh, 200 feet away now she's about my age she's like 55 I'm 54 or something and her quote boyfriend's like 70 it's like she's fucking broke up with him for at least two weeks and she she's actually said she's I'm not with him anymore he's, I know he's a racist I know he's an asshole and so it's like it's like how but the thing is this is my spot it's like I keep saying spot what this is the corner this is a corner this is a good corner to beg for money with a sign and just be kind about it and not be overwhelming about it and don't throw your cup in somebody's face and don't be a weirdo and don't because what do i see I see maybe one or two guys like me who are just calmly at the right spot at the right time. Not my stop. The more busier streets, actually. My spot's better. They don't know it. I don't want them to know it. But the, apparently the word is moving around because she figured it out. Or her ex-boyfriend figured it out because he would ride by on his bicycle. And he's getting fucking social security. He's 70 years old. Well, I'm eight years away from Social Security, and yes, I do qualify for Social Security. I don't know what I'm going to get. Uh, half of it will go max wide because I owe back child support. So, but the thing is, uh, $200 a month is better than fucking nothing, which is where I'm at now. It's fucking nothing except for holding up a sign. And my money... You know, when I was making money, when I was making $45,000 a year, I always had enough money to buy booze, destroy my liver, and it did. Probably led on to my early, early cataracts in both eyes. Led probably to my cut out left kidney, half of it cut out because of cancer. Of course, it was accelerated by alcohol. The doctors didn't know it, I guess. Hey, maybe they said, I don't know. They didn't, they didn't ask. I don't know. It was paid for by the state. The thing is, the truth is about, okay. Okay, so let's change it to a political debate. Because I, I, I don't know. I spent a lot of time just watching the politics just, just kind of recently. It's not like I want to get into that. But I, I'm starting again to like Bernie Sanders, because, uh, but the thing is, is he going to win? I, I, is he going to win? He has to win Ohio, Pennsylvania, Florida, uh, Iowa, Missouri. He has to win the swing states. He'll win all the Democratic states. That's a given. 
but that's not enough quite to win. There's just slightly more red states in the Electoral College and the swing states. And I heard it and I heard it again. You need a turnout. You need a Obama-breaking turnout, Mr. Sanders, and you know it. And this is what I've heard on political analysis, but I figured it out way before any... I, I, I'd actually be a good politician, politician's assistant and future Secretary of State because I have the education, but uh, besides that, Bernie, you're not going to... You're trying. I know you are. And um, right now, you might not even get the nomination because it's going to be a split convention and it could go to Biden. It could go to Biden because of the superdelegates. Now, I just learned also, I didn't know this because rules change and I'm not up on politics that much, but I found out that in the Democratic National Convention or whatever their, their constitution says, that at their convention, if the first ballot nominee doesn't get 50%, then the superdelegates get the vote. Now, you need to be politically knowledgeable to even know what I was fucking talking about. Well, I am politically knowledgeable to know what I'm talking about. So if Bernie gets 30% of the delegates uh, on the trail, on the... On the you know, on the, on the circuit, on the election circuit, and he doesn't get a, a complete 50% um, majority to, to be the nominee at the Democratic Party convention. I don't know what town it's in this year, or next year. And, yeah, it is this year. And I found out then on the second ballot, the Super delegates, which in the old days in 1968 when they elected Johnson and this and that, you know, they had super delegates galore, but uh, the thing is now, apparently, like we said, they kind of change the rules a little bit every year, and I didn't know this, like I said, I, and apparently on the second ballot, the super delegates can vote, a super delegate is a, pretty much a party official, uh, uh, basically every congressman, every senator who's a Democrat, it, all the major cities, mayors, uh, major political party leaders. Well, it used to be, you know. Well, you don't know, because I'm talking. Am I talking to children? Or I'm talking to adults here. I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to Adam Corolla age. We're both about the same age. I get your references about Gilligan's Island and. The professor and Mary too, and Bewitched, and you know all the cartoons, Saturday morning cartoons that you reference. And, uh, hey, kudos! You get my home state reference. That uh, yeah, we always just lose, just lose to Florida until we won three times in a row. Uh, and you know who coach? Uh, fuck! If I mentioned uh, this is this is the, this is the key. Paul Bryan, I know you too, but uh, does Paul Bryan know that uh, who the coach of the famous Cornhuskers were, was the guy I met a few times when I was working as, as a college student and 
professor, we call him, I don't know, we didn't call him professor, but eventually became a professor, because he had a doctorate. And what is his doctorate? In? Doctorate is called, his doctorate, Professor Osborne, Coach Osborne, who for 26 years, he fought like shit for 24 years before he finally won. This is my home state. Two years in a row, uh, straight consensus vote, and then maybe the third time the vote was split. But it's okay. It was voting or whatever. But I call it national championships. So how many UCLA championships you got? I don't know. Nebraska has five. What do you got? I don't know. About the same. I don't know. Alabama's got like 12. I don't know. I stopped counting. <laughs> That's an after ball, bar, ball Bryant. Bear Bryant. See? This is an Adam Carolla reference. It's like, okay. It's just, okay, so. What was I talking about? Hey, I just started to enjoy myself. Okay, I'm speaking about. Uh, okay, here, so here's my situation. Let's talk about it. Homeless drunk in Miami. Well, I, I got myself a five spot. And I really love it when a parent hands a $5 bill or a $1 bill to a, a child in the back seat and then rolls down the back seat window of the child. And the child today was five years old, gives me the five spot, and it's like, and of course I said, God bless you, thank you. That's all I said. God bless you, thank you, God bless you. As I'm having this feud with this black chick, I was the same before. And I just leave. But the thing is, I leave with a vindictive. I leave with a vindictive attitude. It's like, don't take away my fucking spot. Her ex-boyfriend is a fucking asshole. And like I said, we, well, well, we're reconciled now because... I told her that, you know, over on 125th Street, if you could walk to the west about a mile, but I can't walk that far because I got a kind of a broken toe, which I kind of do. And um, soldier separation with, with, with spinal injuries that, that makes it hard for me to. Uh, but the thing is, I can walk and talk and. Okay, what? Okay, so I'm saying is I got two bottles of wine for today. Barely started on the first, and you know I don't feel bad because she was invading my space, and and I I guess it, the truth is that I hid that spot so well, I had that corner so well, and nobody figured it out. But except the guy on the bicycle, like I said, the asshole seventy years. Fuck, he's a fucking racist. I, he's a fucking racist. I told her. We had three intimate kind of conversations. Drinking a beer or two a couple times before. And she's invading my space. She's invading my space. And so I say to her, well, I'm invading your space today. Because you invaded my space twice. And she gave up. She gave up all three times. And so did that dude. That dude gave up. That dude gave up. Now, this is a different fucking story, but it's in season three of my screenplay of my book, The Four Loves, which, which would be a 
a great TV show called The Four Loves. I got twenty. I got twenty-eight episodes, just all storylines written out. I've already started three, basically finished almost three screenplays of it. And the fourth screenplay is just total live. What really happens with in a special education school with severely behavioral disorder kids? It's totally live, and I'm gonna do it. I kind of, as a showrunner, I want to do it maybe with two cuts. The two cuts is only one cut fucking pulling on my teacher assistant's hair, hurting her. And then flashback to rolling her over on the ground, on the ground, not the ground, the carpet of the school, because it's called a therapeutic physical restraint, not a... Not a uh, hurtful restraint. Now, there's something about inexpertise that I have. And I've said this, I don't know, like I said, I recorded it many times. I don't know how many times I've posted it. I'm an expert, expert at um, what's called therapeutic physical restraint. Now, cops don't do this. Cops just throw on a cuff and, let, you know... They don't do therapeutic stuff. They do safe stuff. Okay, I have to do, had to do for 25 years, not only as a teacher, but also as a, as a group, group home worker. Now, as a, one of the largest guys, typically in the employee staff, I'd have to do this. Even as a teacher, I had to therapeutically physically restrain kids. Now. When I learned these techniques and lessons and this and that, it was taught in a weird way, meaning that it has to be like a team thing. And it's like, you have to like, take it in slow motion. It, yeah, slow motion, it doesn't even work in slow motion. The, the therapeutic taught, trained ability to do that. So what we came up with was, and I was taught, actually taught this too, is like is, 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 if, if I had to singly restrain, you know, typical 12, 13, shit, hot chick, hot chick, hot chick, look at her ass, goddamn hot chick. God, she's beautiful. Oh, riding her bicycle, okay, okay, I just got distracted. Okay, so I'm not gay. So, therapeutically, physically restrained, Um, and once again, another story. I became very good at that. And it, it, it it's not something that comes natural to people. It is not something that's easy. But through experience, through time, I learned how to physically, therapeutically restrain a child, a, a, a teenager basically. To the point where when they're out of control, they're going to hurt somebody, they're going to hurt somebody else, they're going to assault somebody, they're going to hurt somebody. And, I, and I've had employees, like I said, hair, not just hair pulled, but legs broken by kids who were out of control. And these are kids who were mostly abused as they were mostly abused when they were younger. I missed all of them. And I'm supposed to, even if 
females, I mean, mostly it was guys, mostly it was guys, most of the time, the most severe behavioral problem kids are guys, but shit, I had to do that with females, and then one time, once again, it's in my screenplay, oh, this one, this one chick, well, her, her response is, take all of her clothes off, so it's like, I'm, I'm running to find a female staff. Hell yeah, is that humorous? No, it's not humorous. It fucking happened. It's happened more than once. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. But the thing is, a couple times I had to therapeutically, physically restrain her when she had her clothes on because she was going to kill or beat up or smack the assaultive towards me, my staff, or one of the other kids. It's mostly the other kids. The kids would set each other off. The kids would set each other off. Fuck you, Gary. Fuck you, Matt. Fuck you. Fuck, fuck, fuck. You know, it's like, you can't do, this is obviously rated R because you can't, you can't, you can't, you cannot restrain the F word around these kids. In a school, this is a behavioral school, it's a special school, which I ran the special school for three and a half, four years. Which is the basis of my screenplay. But the thing is, I fucked up. I fucked up. I fucked it up. Kind of. I improved it like 50,000%. But if I fuck up 1% or 5%, yeah, I fucked it up. I fucked it up. I know I kind of fucked it up. Because when I hired this 22-year-old girl that I was slightly attracted to, and I'm 32 years old, married with kids and she falls in love with me has a severe crush on me and I goddamn started to fucking notice it Celia and that's the basis of the screenplay because all these things happen February 2002 it's in my screenplay February 2002 it's like oh it's like everything kind of had to collide and it did it collided bad marriage tempted by this woman I, I could have had sex with her I didn't we kissed three times one Saturday morning that's the start of it that's episode eight or something of my TV show I, I don't even I don't even have to write that it just happened it's real life now she she got remarried and she fell in love with lots of other guys in her life I mean but she just had a crush on me for a brief amount of time and we became kind of friends for like six months and I kind of kind of asked her out a couple extra times and I shouldn't have but I did and it, it um, but I wasn't to me too weird it just helped me to to excel myself into alcoholism that my marriage is half done and half over. And it was. And that's kind of what happened. But at that same February, my favorite middle child, Madeline, was born. February 23rd. Or was it 25th? I think it was 23rd. March. May. No, March. March. No, it was February 20th. No,
I got it written down somewhere. But around that same time, Tom, my, I had at that time, since I was a very successful special ed teacher, I had, and I told the big boss, this is a private school, but I, but I said, hey, we got some pretty severe kids. So I came in, there's only four kids, and we pretty much had one of one staff. And I say, okay, you want to bring in new kids? I need more staff. I want to keep one-on-one -on -one staff. And that's what happened. It, I don't know, over a year or two, it's like, okay, new kid, new staff. New kid, new staff. New kid, new staff. And these are full-time staff. And full-time staff is still basically getting what I would call minimum wage, $7 an hour. Some are great. Some are fucking great. And one of the great ones uh, who happened to, well, the only one who, okay, maybe Phil had a degree who eventually became a substitute, but Tom had a degree in something. He basically accepting $7 an hour, but he had his problems and this and that. And he, you know, he kind of, we kind of became friends, just sort of, because God, dudes are dudes. It's like, well, we go fishing or, you know, whatever, chit-chat here and there. And he's got apparently a, uh, a a meth head getting a divorce from a woman who was on meth, who and he's got a four year old and he he, he can't keep her kid keep his kid because the court says whatever there's no proof whatever, but he knows what happened in February 2002. Well, the sister happens to work at the school as in well, or in the group home. Well, you know, it's related, it's the same organization, but the group homes, there's like four or five group homes that most of the kids lived at. His sister was one of the leaders of, uh, supervisors of a couple of group homes. And, I don't know, the big boss comes down about 10, 10 a.m. and says, Tom is dead. And I, I don't know how to react because I noticed he was gone because he's never been late to work. I actually was late to work on purpose because I I actually had a substitute that day and I barely take a substitute twice a year. I cut my head, I cut my hair that day, that morning. It's like, and I went in because I went in because I wanted to see Celia because I was right in the beginning of this crush that we, it was a mutual crush. It was just, it was not just a crush on me, but it was a crush on her too. And then they tell me Tom is dead. Tom is dead. And I, I was like, I couldn't control myself. I go, are you kidding? And my big boss had to say, why would I lie? I can't lie to you about that. Why? The thing is, all I'm thinking is, okay, Tom told me maybe within a week ago that about his family history and that, how he's losing his kids, and and how he, we also tend to talk about uh, another homeless guy. I don't know about this guy. We also had this talk about, like I said, his wife who's on meth and he can't get his child, and no way he can't even get half custody or something or or something and then 
him mentioning something about a shotgun. Buying at Walmart or something. And I don't know. I, do you hunt? I don't know. And a week later, he doesn't show up. And I'm told by the big boss that Tom's dead at about 10 a.m. And I go, what? Are you kidding me? Why would I kid you about that? So I had to spend. I had to decide. Because I had to tell about 20 people. Now, a couple of the staff who had maybe connections upstairs or chit-chatted maybe kind of knew what was going on but to everyone else is a total surprise because I go okay today for school I got at this point about this is where we're downstairs five classrooms and one two no four classrooms to three no three yeah, three classrooms and about 15 kids. Now, later we became 25 classrooms with five kids, and I'm the only teacher. But so, okay, so what? At this point, when Celia was there, Celia was great, and um, I'm falling in love with her, and she's falling in love with me. We haven't had, we haven't maybe, we maybe kissed on Saturday. My daughter was born on Wednesday, and then Thursday, I found out that Tom's dead. And it's like, in Friday, and it's like, Tom, on Thursday, I have to tell all, I have to tell everybody that Tom's dead. I have to do it. It's my job. I mean, I, I said, well, first at about 10 a.m., I said, why? We're just going to have a field trip day. Go ahead and do your activities early today. And we had a good budget, so we... You know, some groups went bowling. Usually typical groups. It's kind of like fun groups. And Celia was in my group. And she was just happy, kind of entertaining in the band. They were kind of teasing me. There was a little bit of this and that. I was kind of, I'm pretty kind of isolated that day. Because I was trying to prevent myself from crying. But I noticed that my driver, which usually doesn't drive. My other colleague, which maybe in the screenplay is a kind of a Kim type character, but kind of a, oh shit, hot chick on a bicycle again. I'm gonna fucking watch her. God damn, she's beautiful. It's the same chick. No, different chick. Nice legs. Okay. There are much better stories. You have to just read my screenplay. I will send you... I will send... If I post this, and if I... decide not to delete this, if I post this, uh, just ask me, and I'll send you the... at least the... Kind of an intro slash kind of a, a slosh of my book. It's kind of like maybe a little bit of chapter one, a little bit of chapter two, a little bit of chapter three. Kind of intro of my book, which I did for a, a, um, a staged reading. It's never got performed, but I still did it for a staged reading. And I, if you throw up some visual images, which you don't have to, but... Um, 
I kind of created it as a presentation, but I found out later that Hollywood only wants like a one page. So here's my one page pitch. Well, it's called something. Uh, one page pitch. Paul, a teacher of students with severe behavioral disorders, an expert as field, finds that he is not in a good marriage, but yet this has this kind of crazy relationship with Celia who he still might say is the love of his life but of course she's had others and he's had others after they teach kids adolescents adults even up to age 20 21 even because of the I can't even remember the summary. They teach the kids with the most severe behavioral problems, but the staff have their issues too. That's, that's not the way it was said. But I'm bearing the lead. The true stars of this show are the are the actors who would play these adolescents, Matt and Gary and Sarah and I don't know, play whatever character I created. I mean, Marsha, who's based on somebody, I don't know. I can't remember her name. Those are the stars of the show. Those are the ones that deserve the Emmy nomination. Not John Hamm. It's, maybe you can have somebody like John Hamm play me or something, but I'm not that attractive, so... But I was a leader. God damn, I was good. God damn, I was good. I was fucking good. It's fucking good. It's fucking good at that job. So, give me a show. Give me a show. Just back it. Somebody has to executive produce it. It's not going to be me because I got no money. Because I'm homeless fucking in Miami. Somebody can back this show. Shit, not only the, the screenplay, fuck, I'm, I'm complete, I'm into my fifth fucking draft of this book, because I keep finding typos and trying to organize it, I already organized it, I just got to finish about 50 pages and I'm fucking done, and then I want to maybe print it out, that would cost me 10 bucks, but what would, what would my choice be as an alcoholic, would I choose to print it out for 10 bucks, or would I, would, would I buy some booze, I'd probably buy some booze right now because I'm a fucking alcoholic.
just give me some money. Just give me some money and I'll stop. In fact, that, that's one of the crazy things about this feud I'm having with this. <laughs> this girl, this guy, like I said, I, I don't know, is it the same story or not? The homeless people, it's like, I, 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 it's like, okay. We're, we're obviously, obviously kind of indulgent. Give me a dollar and I'll leave. And they won't give me a dollar. Give me a dollar and I'll leave. They won't give me a dollar. But they'll say, well, I'm going to make more than you. No, you didn't. This kid just gave me a $5 bill. Fuck off. And I walk away. I got enough booze for today. And it's Sunday. The library's closed. But Monday they open up 11... 38, 38, yeah, they open 11.30 uh, a.m. tomorrow, and I can get Wi-Fi there about 8 a.m. if I'm sitting outside, and right now I'm just sitting, since it's Sunday, there's nobody here, but it's kind of like a doctor's office, but it's not a very popular doctor's office or whatever. There's kind of a place to kind of sit down. It's kind of in the shade. And traffic going by on 152nd Street. So, I don't know. What, what's my goal for today? It's like, maybe I got $2 in cash and two bottles of wine. I just, okay, so here, what's my what's my plan? Well, continue to drink the wine, that's for sure. Do I need to go on Wi-Fi? No. I know that that... Uh, one restaurant on Sundays closes at 3 p.m. or 2 p.m., so maybe I could go sit over there, but that might be in the shade, but... But that's at a strip joint. I don't necessarily want to be at a strip joint. I, I, I don't want to go in the jungle. Do I want to go in the jungle? It's like I don't know. I can maybe take a nap in the jungle. But maybe I should just take a nap in the jungle. That would be a good idea. Because during the day, the raccoons don't don't steal your stuff. Of course, I just connect it with little connectors. I don't have to worry about my stuff being stolen. And the raccoon really want really. They don't come out during the day. They're just at night. Fucking pretty annoying raccoons. Another oh, shit. So it's like okay, and there's falcons flying around. I should just probably just go to sleep. So but the thing is, when I walk, okay, if I walk over there, there's a spot that I feel at least pretty comfortable sleeping, especially on a Saturday because there's no bus driving by. But it's, like I said, it's kind of hiding in plain sight, but not completely. And it's not too far, though, from this older guy, older than me, and 20 years older than me, a different guy, who's, who's at least been nice, never been unkind, never been unkind to me. How about that? And he's got a girlfriend who pushes around a cart or something. Uh, or maybe not. Her sister gave me a dollar twenty one. 
oh wow it's like wow it's not like i'm having all these interactions but the thing is when you when you least live in the suburbs you kind of notice other people who are homeless at least I only noticed like four or five, but it, all I have to do is go downtown. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, and they're fucking all over the place. And ha- what? How many of them are kind? And I know this lady, whose ex-girlfriend, called me in once to the police at this same spot and said, "Well, there's a guy sleeping over here in the." He's trespassing. Whatever. Police lie. They, they always lie. I don't know. Why do they always lie? What did you say? We got a call and somebody saw you and you shouldn't be here. And what? That was just a warning once again. Luckily, I've only got one official warning on my record. So if I get another one, though, I, they could put me in a jail. Homeless drunk in my Okay. I've, I've applied for jobs all fucking over the place. I could... Shit. Just... Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. I just want to go to sleep. I just want to fucking go to sleep. I just want to fucking go to sleep. Not to go to sleep. Okay, I'm trying. Hey, now I tried to do that again. Where is my? Where is that movie? Oh, I put it under a different file.
heart wants to sigh like a chime that flies from a church on a breeze, to laugh like a brook when it trips.